Welcome to the next track. A podcast about how people listen to music today. I'm Doug Adams. And I'm Kirk McElhern. We self-produce the Next Track podcast and want to keep it ad-free, so we rely on contributions from listeners for support. You can help us by making a regular donation via Patreon. Visit patreon.com slash the next track. And thanks. We've been doing this podcast for almost six years. This is episode number 232. Our tagline is a podcast about how people listen to music today. And we realized recently we have never done an episode about how people listen to music today. You mean literally? Literally. So today we're going to do an episode about how people listen to music today based on some interesting, what is it, a survey that you discovered. Yeah, I didn't, uh, well, I guess I did discover it. I look at it every year. It's from Edison Research and it's called The Infinite Dial. And they release a uh, a survey they, they conduct about how people use audio on the internet, on radio, and every year they take a little different look. Lately, it's been leaning towards podcasting and the use of audio in games and things like that. The infinite dial, which I think is weird. I wonder if people know what a dial is anymore. Well, the dial was the name of the magazine that the Transcendentalists founded in the 1830s. And I'm thinking... Infinite dial sounds very Emersonian. It actually, you know, you're right, it does. And I'm sure that was the original pun. But of course, a dial is a thing you use to tune a radio station, which yeah. makes sense. Because that's what they originally did was surveys about radio because there wasn't anything before. They, what, what did we find out? 1997 is when they started? 98. 98. Anyway, the infinite dial is done by Edison Research, which is now a Nielsen company. And Nielsen, if you are aware... They do TV research. They also own the Arbitron Company, which does radio research. And now they own uh, Edison Research, which does these audio surveys. They, what do they, what, what's the number of people that they survey? It's like 1,500 people and they find a good batch. Something like that. Most surveys are around 1,500. And they categorize people and they weight the results according to class and income and age and all sorts of things. So we just want to walk through this survey and discuss some of the things. There's some really interesting data in here. Oh, and by the way, this is public data. It's not like yes. we broke into the music director's office and stole the Arbitron <laughs> ratings. It's like this is, this is stuff that Edison has released to the public. So just some background information. Smartphone ownership, the percentage of people, this is in the U.S., this is all about people 12 years and older the entire study, 88% of people own smartphones. And that number is relatively flat. The year before it was 88, before that 85, 84, 83. So we've reached saturation on smartphone. And that's an interesting point to make that there's no more growth in the market except by replacing older devices. Huh. Or some, the invention of some new device or the switching to a different device. Right. But people still have the smartphone. And in fact, what, what it means is that the smartphone is an understood device. Yeah, it's ubiquitous. You, you go back 10 years, only 44% of people had a smartphone. My first iPhone I bought in 2012, in fact, and the concept of a smartphone was new. Now everyone understands what a smartphone can do and that it is, that it does contain multitudes. The other thing too is that smartphones are pushed on everybody. Get a free smartphone when you sign up with AT&T. Get a free smartphone when you do this, when you do that. So it's not that you have much of a choice. Well, you do have a choice. You could say, I want a dumb phone. But the smartphones, they make it very easy to accept. So it, it, they flooded, they've flooded the zone with smartphones. 
Yeah, it, it's become a standard consumer device. Like, I don't know the 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 VHS player refrigerator. Ten years after it was introduced, no refrigerator. That's been a long time. The, the, I'm thinking more computer slash technology. But if if you look back at it, what's interesting is that this really only started in 2007, around the time the iPhone, and there was I guess you would count some of the Blackberries as smartphones, and by 2017, 81%. So that's a pretty saturated market. And pretty fast, too. Within, yeah. But very fast. Well, tablet ownership is at 53%, and it's floated between 49 and 53 since 2015. Was the first iPad in 2015, in fact? Around in there. Yeah, oh, well, that, yeah. yeah, maybe so. So that it's only 53%, I find surprising, but I guess there are a lot of children under 12 who own tablets, particularly... Kindle has a fire device made just for kids with extra protection, with a subscription to kids' content. So there's probably a lot of tablets among younger children that we're not seeing because this is only age 12 and over. Perhaps, but it's also a kind of a specialty device. I think it's still – well, look, I mean, it's never gotten higher than 56%. So, yeah. uh, I mean, people like it, but not everybody wants to, needs or feels the need to own one. Okay, internet-connected watch ownership, 20%. Not much to say about that. It it's not something that has that most people used to play music, even though you can. Yeah, I think that's why they did it because, uh, well, it has grown. I mean, in five years, it's gone from nine percent to twenty percent. But in four years, it's gone from seventeen to twenty. So right, well, that's true. It too. had a big jump in twenty nineteen. Then it's been pretty flat. However, the smart speaker ownership, which is the next slide, is really interesting. That's thirty five percent, and. In 2017, it was only 7%. So I'm guessing that 2018 is probably Alexa. We didn't look up too much to find the precise dates. You can get an Alexa device for 20 bucks on sale. We're going to talk about which smart speakers people are using in a second. But the fact that one third of people have smart speakers in their home is pretty interesting. Yeah, I, I think it's catching on. And there's some interesting things about Radio ownership that may coincide with this, the fact that actually radios are disappearing from the home. In terms of smart speaker ownership, and I'm not surprised that only 2% of people have a HomePod compared to 23% of people who have an Alexa speaker. Yeah, well, again, Alexa was, these are the things that are pushed on everybody. It's like, here, just use this, just use this. And that's what happens. Of course, Apple HomePods are kind of expensive. Compared to Alexa. Well, not the HomePod Mini, but it's still more expensive than the cheapest Alexa. But I have devices with Alexa that I don't use. I have Sonos devices, and they have Alexa. So I do own it, but I don't use it. So I, I, this doesn't say how many people actually use these for reality. What's interesting is the number of smart speakers in the household. And this is like, this is cutting the world in two parts. 33% of people have three or more. The people who bought into the smart speaker, you and me, we've got more than three. 41% only have one. 26% have two. I find that interesting because once you get into these smart devices, you want to have more. If I were to count up all the smart devices I have, light bulbs, I recently got a weather sensor from Eve and three smart radiator thermostats, the thermostats you put on the radiators. If I add up the smart speakers, the HomePods, my Sonos soundbar that's smart that I don't use smart, that's a lot of devices, even though I'm not using the smart speakers for their smarts. All right. Well, well, you are in a way. Don't you play you, – can't you talk to them? Don't you talk to your speakers? No, I turn that off on, on everything. So, But you don't – what I mean is you don't say shut off now or anything like that. No. Oh. No. I control everything from my phone. 
My Sonos speakers, I have that turned off. In fact, I have a pair of Sonos ones in my bedroom. One of them is the one with Alexa and the other is the one without. That was like 20 bucks less because it doesn't have a microphone. I'll either use my Apple Watch or my iPhone. I don't want to have something listening to me all the time. Oh, that's yeah. right. That's creepy. That's but right. then we get to the number of radios in the household. This is what I rant about all the time and no one believes me. And finally, I got some numbers. It's divided up into people who have no radios, people who have one to three radios, and people who have four or more radios, like real wacky people who have more than four radios. But do we know if this counts radios in cars? I believe it does because okay. it says radios in household. Right. So that would seem to indicate that if your daughter is living with you and she has a car, then that radio counts. Right. So back in 2008, uh, 14 years ago, the number of people who had no radios was 4%. So hardly anybody didn't have a radio. Yeah. The, people, the percentage of people who had four or more was about a third. Yeah. A third of people who owned a radio had four or more of them. And then right in the middle, one to three, it's like 60%. And it's been about 60 to 50% over the years. So that middle cohort, I'm not concerned about them. It's the people who have zero and then the people who have four or more. Now, 14 years ago, I said... 4% had zero. In 2022, it's 39% have no radio in their house, in their car, apparently. Um, and the number of people who have four or more dropped to 7%. So the only people who have radios in their home, it seems to me, are older people. As more people are coming in, they're not they don't know what a dial is. They don't have a radio in their house. They don't have a radio in their car. Do cars even come with radios anymore? So a couple of points. First of all, it made me realize that I don't own a radio and I should buy one in case of nuclear war. Because if the internet goes down, <laughs> it's the only way you're going to get information. Unless the, the tower melts. Unless the broadcast tower melts. Yeah, but they've got these emergency channels and all that. Anyway, okay. if you look at 7% of people having four or more radios, it's because new cars don't come with radios anymore. I think that's a lot of the four or more. In fact, the one to three is cars. I don't think the uh, last car we had with a radio was several years ago. We've got CarPlay in our car. So there's sure. no FM radio, no AM radio, nothing like that. One of the things that I read about car manufacturers is if people want something in the car, they'll put it in there to sell the car. Yeah. And it's yeah. evident that they don't want a radio because it doesn't help sell the car. Yeah, yeah, good point. Yeah. Now, I don't know if they're counting Sirius XM, that satellite radio. So I know that's pretty standard in a lot of U.S. cars. Uh, maybe so, but I don't know if they're including that either. I, I would consider radios that pick up terrestrial broadcasts. Yeah. So good AM, FM radio. Well, I'm going to buy a radio. I'm going to find something. I'm not going to get one that plugs in in case there's a nuclear war. I'm going to get something that works on batteries or that can plug in and work on batteries. I really like that Tivoli audio radio with a really nice dial. I'll put a link in the show notes. I have one. But that's a plug-in thing. So, um, Let me just say this about radio. And, and there are people who, who seriously defend radio. But the thing about, you know, people, they, they say, well, as we're moving audio and things like that online, we can still depend on radio to be there locally because they broadcast locally. But let me tell you something. It costs a lot of money to maintain an FM transmitter. I mean, electricity is not cheap. We are on uncertain FM every Sunday. It doesn't really cost, there's no infrastructure in that. But if I wanted to have a, a radio station, initial cost, the monthly cost, I mean, 
your competition has much cheaper infrastructure. We have a local radio station next to Stratford-upon-Avon. I've never listened to it. I think it's manned by volunteers entirely. I'm looking at the station's website. I'll put a link in the show notes. It looks kind of like volunteers because there's pictures of the people and their shows and like here's a guy does a show called music from big pink monday from 5 to 6 p.m he looks like he was around when big pink was recorded yeah i know that guy so and (laughs) then there's the new music show on thursdays looks like a nerd from you know the conservatory nearby so it it's definitely a volunteer radio station however the bbc has local radio stations that are not local per town they're local i think per county and that does broadcast local information, local news. A lot of it's um, generally syndicated stuff from the BBC, but it does exist. It does exist. So the number of radios in household is the next slide. It's by age, age 12 to 34, 57% have zero, age 55 and over 67% have one to three. So it really is an age thing, but I think cars come into play a lot. Yeah, probably so. Young people are growing up today without knowing what radio is or was. It's funny. And they still use the words for it, though. That's what I think is interesting. Some of the terminology, well, dial (laughs) is still around, things like that. Yeah. On the air. They're not on the air. (laughs) There's no air. Yes. So 40% of people own a radio, but not a smart speaker. 21% own both. 14% own a smart speaker, but not a radio, and 25% own neither. I'm not sure what to make of that particular slide. It's a little bit confusing. They own a radio, but not a smart speaker. Well, it would be kind of a crossover thing, isn't it? It's uh, Not if you have a radio in your car. And and does does a smart speaker, when I plug my iPhone into my car and use it with CarPlay, does that count as a smart speaker? So there's some blurred lines. One thing I find very interesting is the percentage of people who have ever listened to an audiobook. Now, that's a number that should constantly increase, but it peaked in 2019 and it went down. If this was an absolute number in population it increased, then I could see it going down, but this is a percentage. How could 50% of people have listened to at least one audiobook in their lives in 2019 and 45% in 2022? Did 5% of people die who had listened to audiobooks? Yeah, that's an interesting thing. Are audiobooks as popular as they used to be? I mean, it seems like they are because except for that peak in 2019, everything else is 44 and 45 or 46. So it really seems that 2019 was just an anomaly. But it's, it has ever listened to an audiobook. Once you've listened to an audiobook, you're yes forever. It's a, so you're it, saying there's 5% of people that are hiding somewhere that, aren't, that, that are gone. Or who lied in 2019. Oh, I know those people. Yep. So monthly online audio listening, percentage of people who listen to audio in the last month is 73%. Big jump from 2021 where it was 68. Is this because of the pandemic that last year I would have expected 2021 to jump a little bit? That's a huge amount. 73% listen to online audio. That's, um, and that means, online audio means listening to AM, FM radio stations online and or listening to streamed audio content available only on the internet. So if you listen to anything with via an internet connection, that's what this is. And yeah. it's that's really 73% when at the beginning of the century, it was 5%, which makes sense because back then we had like 1200 baud modems and you couldn't, you couldn't feed audio through something like that on a regular basis. We and, had to listen to Real Player, which had like eight, oh, eight, eight, eight kilobit. Eight, yeah, it, it yeah, bad. very bad. But but it's interesting. The seventy three percent listen to online audio out of the eighty eight percent who have smartphones. 
Oh, what are those other 10% doing? Those other, what are those 15, other, 15% 15 15, yeah. aren't they don't, listening to audio at all. On their smartphone. Yeah. That's weird. Th- these things raise a lot of questions. Yeah, they do. And I find that interesting. Yeah. Monthly online audio listening, obviously younger people are listening to more, older people are listening to less, but age 55 and up, it's gone from 42 to 52% in from 2020 to 2022. Could be COVID. Well, it's also because people who were listening five years ago are now listening more. You know what I mean? They're, as they get older, they're listening more. So that's generally what this indicates, that the older people are accepting online audio listening, maybe because they only have a smartphone. Again, we don't know why. They don't have radio. Well, they still have radios, but they're listening to... Or a number of people, there are three age groups, 12 to 34, 35 to 54, and 55 plus. Maybe a number of people are shifting from 54 to 55, yes. where it's 81% for 2022, and bringing that number up, so... Yeah, yeah. But still, it's. I think those are healthy numbers, people listening to online audio on a monthly basis. It's, it's a And habit. on a weekly basis, 67% have listened to online audio in the last week. We don't know exactly when this survey was done, but at any time you do a survey like this, it doesn't really matter because most people, they either listen or they don't, right? Right, exactly. You either, yeah. It's, it's still an effort to turn it on and to turn it off. So it's either on or it's off. So there's a slide about online brand awareness. Now, this is U.S. I don't know TuneIn Radio, Odyssey. I've, I know NPR. I didn't know NPR One was a thing, that NPR must have their own online whatever. Uh, but all the other numbers, YouTube Music, which they specify as a streaming music server from YouTube, as to not say people go to search for a song on YouTube and listen to it, just for, on a pirated video, 69% and up. 82% have heard of Spotify. 79% have heard of Pandora. We still don't have Pandora outside of what, US and Canada? Is that right? Yeah. Pandora is owned by uh, Sirius XM now. So, and I don't know what they're doing with it because I've lost track, but um, I don't, I actually don't pay much attention to Pandora. Are they on there? And they're still, oh, look at that. And Sirius uh, XM awareness. is not on there because I guess they're not considering it an online audio brand. They're more like radio. So, and then you look at the numbers of what people are listening to. 35% of people have listened to Spotify. 23% YouTube music. I think that's dubious. I think a lot of people didn't understand that it's the streaming music service from YouTube, which the survey specifies, and may have just thought, I'm searching for the latest hit on YouTube and I listen to it there. 14% for Amazon, 15% for Apple Music. Good numbers. I suppose. I don't know. Well, compare Apple's 15 to Spotify's 35. Remember that a lot of Spotify listeners are using the free service with ads, so they're not paying. So that's not that big a difference? I guess not. I guess not. Because Apple Music is all paid now. There's no free tier at all. Right. There's a free trial. Maybe it's a month or three months. Depends. They change it. If you look at the online audio brand used most often... Spotify, 35, Apple Music, 12. But for people who have a smart speaker, 16% Apple Music, 28 for Spotify. Now, that's a bit weird because if only 2% of people have a HomePod, then how are they listening to Apple Music? Now, you can get Apple Music through a Sonos device. You can get it in a couple of ways, but not as many smart speakers as Spotify. Maybe it's just a coincidence they, that they own a smart speaker, but they're not listening to Apple Music through a smart speaker. It does seem counterintuitive. You would think that um, 
uh, what would you say, digital natives, as we used to say, would be, well, if you own a smart speaker, of course you're listening to Spotify because they're both the number one thing. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. People don't listen to music with other people very often. That's... That, I thought, you know, this is very strange. Really? And I think anthropologists sort of pick up on this slide because it's like young people listen to music with other people and older people don't. <laughs> it's like, I, it's just this, this number is very strange. Um, 12 to 34 who frequently listen with other people, 12 to 34 year olds, 26% of the time. And as it gets older, it becomes less. So age 55 plus, frequently, the people who frequently listen to audio with other people is 10%. The people 55 plus who never listen to music with other people is 34%. There are a third of people out there with just listening to their radio by themselves. Well, how many of them are single? I don't know. But uh, but they don't have friends? They don't have, they don't have associates? They don't have... I'd... Well, when we were young, we'd go to someone's house. There would always be music on, whether it would be a record or CD or radio or something. Or you're out with someone in a car and the music's on, right? That's listening with other people. Maybe older people... See, it's listening to audio. So if you're in a car with someone and you've got audio on, that's sometimes. And that's what I don't right. get. Well, there is a sometimes and a hardly ever. And I don't know how they break that down. That's why I just stuck with frequently and never. Because yeah. what's what do you mean sometimes? You know, you're in the supermarket and you're listening to with other. I mean, is that yeah, what it is? Yeah, that can't count. We, yeah, I, I'll mention again. We don't have music in supermarkets here, and, and I I don't know what I'm missing. You're missing a lot. Oh, you, you get it's it brings you raises your consciousness. Yes, but if you're driving in a car with someone and you've got the radio on, that's listening to audio with other people. So, thirty four percent of people fifty five and over don't put radios on in the car or don't have radios or don't use their smartphones or they're the 12% who don't have smartphones or... The extension cord for the smart speaker isn't long enough to put in the yeah. car. Yeah. So in-car media, not really good comparison What with the pandemic that this number percentage driving or riding in a car vehicle in the last month has gone from the high 80s down to the low 80s. Doesn't really say that much. Audio sources ever used in car. That's the kind of thing ever, right? And it's AM, FM radio is really high because people have to say, well, I've at least listened to the radio in a car once. I'm not sure how valuable this is in terms of numbers. It's just once ever. So, Well, the, the thing I thought was interesting that if you look at it like that, the, the number one audio source is AM, FM radio. The next largest audio source ever listened to in a car is owned digital music that is the music that you've downloaded your files your things like that the next thing is cd player the next is online audio and it gets these numbers get smaller as we go as we go down but the the number one and two things are am fm radio and own digital music so so own digital music would have been you had an ipod and you plugged it into your car right. and i think a lot of people did that but don't anymore i think people still well, do it I still hear from people yeah, who do that. Yeah, but not that many. On the other hand, the, the number for Sirius XM is really high, over 20%, because it's bundled with a lot of cars. Yeah, that's what I think. That's their that's their deal. It's like Pandora. They used to be on every every device you bought, every video and audio device you, that you'd see the subscribe to Pandora thing. So we have a number that's interesting. Online audio listening in car through a cell phone. So that's, I guess... They're specified cell phones, so you can't put iPod in back in 2010 or whatever. 
But the numbers, 49% dropped from 50 the previous year. Again, pandemic, people aren't driving as much. 50% of people have listened to music through a cell phone that they've connected in their car, or that they've just stuck in a cup to make the audio a little bit louder coming out of the speaker. That number's been pretty sizable since like 2015, which it it peaked, it went to 32, and then it's been slowly kind of rising up to 50, 49% the past couple of years. But yeah. before 2015, the numbers were below 20%. Okay, so podcasting, that's us. Oh, yeah. This is our thing. Yeah. The percentage of people familiar with podcasting as an idea is 79%. Not surprising. You hear about it all the time. There's this series on Apple TV called We Crashed about WeWork. And I was surprised to see in the credits that it was developed from a podcast. Ah, yes. Okay. That it had been a podcast, I guess a limited podcast, telling the story of this company, and that they sold it to make a TV series. Just like one of the popular series on Netflix right now, Inventing Anna, was adapted from an article. Right. Oh, well, uh, we're, I think we're all familiar with, you know, movies and TV shows that are adapted from magazine articles, newspaper articles, real life, and that sort of thing. But you're right. It's interesting that they, they've they based it on uh, a, a podcast, which is now, was yeah. that, that legitimizes, I think, that as a... As a as yeah. a what? Not just as a medium, but as a, uh, as a legitimate content source. As a legitimate, yeah. 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 62% of people have ever listened to a podcast. And this number increases every year, which makes sense. It's not really, it's okay, I've listened to a podcast once. But then, now for some reason, the next slide, monthly podcast listening, the 2022 numbers cut off. So 41% listened to a podcast in the last month in 2021. I don't know how much it's increased. They kind of made a little glitch yeah, here on the on the slide. There's no 2022 there. But yeah. still, it's We're getting up to 50% of people listen to podcasts at least once a month. Yeah. That's actually pretty good, I think. I mean, I, I used to think of listening to podcasts as a special event. And now it's just part of people's daily routine, like turning the radio on used to be. Yeah. So we had something interesting at the beginning of the COVID lockdown. I remember that Marco Arma, the developer of Overcast, said after a couple months that his statistics showed that podcasts, that people who listened to podcasts during the week were listening less, but people who listened to podcasts on the weekend were listening just as much, basically because they weren't driving to work. They weren't in car. The numbers you see here for the four quarters of 2021 show that it goes from 64% at home, 14% in car to 59% at home, 20% in car as the pandemic is relaxing and more people are driving. So I don't think this is a valid number for normal times. I think when everyone goes back to work normally, if ever, you're going to see that number go up a lot. I would like to see 2020, for example, what the number was or 2019. Well, it'll also be interesting to see how many people get hooked by podcasts, no matter where they are listening to them. And if any new listeners develop strategies for listening to podcasts that we haven't thought of yet. Do you know what I mean? It's like yeah. there's a way that, that they have an, they've incorporated podcasts into their lives in the ways that we would never do. Yeah. So 73% of people use their smartphone most often to listen to podcasts. There's something about listening to podcasts that music doesn't have. You don't have to worry about the audio quality. <laughs> I often just put a podcast on my iPhone and listen to it from the tinny iPhone speaker because it can't really make the audio that much worse. <laughs> uh, that is not a compliment. <laughs> well, no, I think it is in a way that podcasts... 
the the audio quality counts less than the content. Absolutely, of course. Yeah. So you can listen to it on any device without sacrificing quality. Without, I mean, come on, we 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 drop this at sixty four kilobits per second. It's not going to get much better. You'll get some more bass if you're listening to this on your home stereo. But you listen on your smartphone. It sounds fine. I think that's funny because I wonder how many people are aware of that. I wonder how many people listen to podcasts just as as wallpaper, just as like something comforting rather than than, uh, than listen to music. Well, that's another good point because people have always listened to radio like that. You'd go into the hardware store. There was always a radio on in the background, right? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Does that count in the Arbitron surveys? Uh, it would if the guy got a book. If the guy was filling out a, a diary, he'd have to write down, are you at work or are you at home right now? Yes. But would he have to write down the number of customers in there for the number of people who for five or 10 minutes would be exposed to the radio? No. No. No, there's no, there's no line for yeah. that. So. so in 2021, 5% of time was listening to podcasts. That's interesting. It was 6% in 2020. 5% of listening time is podcasts out of all audio sources. Well, that's, that's pretty good. Well, when you consider that podcasts haven't been around that long. Well, that, that, well, the current iteration of podcasts. Remember, I think we kind of agree that there was a, 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 an early podcast thing, and then there was a podcast revival that you take like what from cereal or something like that and yeah. from there from like two three years ago and then the pandemic uh, has kind five of, years ago i'd say but i mean you know yeah. we were talking about recently with somebody it's like we knew people who were doing podcasts in 2005 yeah and, uh, i did a search to try and find the earliest time that i was on a podcast and the oldest i could find was 2006 now i wrote one of the first books about podcasting for o'reilly the pocket guide to podcasting in 2005 so I'm sure I'd been already on podcasts. I just can't find any trace of it. I had a podcast from like 2005 to 2006. and uh, I, I know, and you played a clip of it the other day for me, and it was kind of funny to think that you were a trendsetter back then. Well, it was an audio thing. So I said, oh, this I'll see if this works. It didn't. Yeah. Well, <laughs> an really, audio about I mean, Apple scripts isn't that I, exciting. It's impossible to talk about, you know, that kind of thing in a podcast. It's not doesn't lend itself to illustrative language yeah the percentage of people who listen to a podcast in the last month is 38 percent down from 41 percent in 2021 up from 37 percent the year before pandemic you're going to see pandemic blips and stats for everything you know it makes now it makes me wonder if like, people keep thinking if we're going to go back to normal and this this is obviously the new normal people are discovering these things and that it could be pandemic related, but I think, like I said earlier, I think they're going to start incorporating these things into their lifestyles now because they've, this is normal to listen to podcasts and not radio mm. and music over smart speakers and not radio. Especially if you don't have a radio in your car. And if you don't have a radio in your car and you've thrown out all your radios and you have zero radios. The percentage of people by age listening to podcasts Interesting that it is higher for younger people and lower for older people. Interesting in the sense that it's obviously not surprising because older people are less likely to adapt to new things. But still, 22% of people age 55 and over listened to podcasts in the last month in 2022. So we're getting near the end, and this slide is interesting. The number of podcast episodes listened to in the last week. And this is like 
Trivial Pursuit thing with the little pie with the six different colors, all about the same size. It goes from 13 to 21 percent, one, two, three, four or five, six to 10, 11 or more. 18 percent of people listen to 11 episodes or more per week, 16 percent, six to 10. The average is eight podcasts a week or eight podcast episodes. It's hard to know what to make of the breakdown. That 14% only listen to one a week. Okay, 18% listen to two, 13% listen to three. There are people who listen very occasionally, and it could be a variety of reasons why they listen. Maybe they're told to by their boss. Maybe a friend shares a link to something, and they don't listen to them regularly. But if you look at the six to 10 and 11 or more, that's 34%. One third of people listen to podcasts regularly and have- And a lot. And yeah, six- or more episodes. So they've got regular podcasts. They've got an app that's downloading their podcast and they're following podcasts. Right. And that's a lot of time. Well, that doesn't say how much time it is, because, but a podcast can last anywhere from 15 minutes to half an hour, an hour, right? I think the longest podcasts that I've ever listened to are about an hour, though I think most people try to keep it a little less than that. You but, know what? This episode's actually running long. We should oh, skip ahead to our next tracks. Good idea. <laughs> Before we do that... I just want to thank our Patreon patrons for supporting us. It's uh, terrific. We love doing the show. We love being independent. And it's your support that keeps us going, as I say, every week. So we really appreciate it. If you'd like to be a supporter of The Next Track, please go to patreon.com slash the next track and give us a couple of bucks every month. It would be great. We'd appreciate it very much. Okay, now you may tell us about your next track. I already I already know what it is. The latest Brad Meldow album, Jacob's Ladder, is the most stunning album I have heard in years. Seriously, I love Brad Meldow's pianism. I love the fact that he's always stretched the limits of jazz. You know, jazz plays standards, traditional songs like Someday My Prince Will Come or My Favorite Things when John Coltrane played that. And Brad Meldow's done things like Beatles songs and Radiohead. And on this new album, it is a mashup of Bach, Rush, Gentle Giant, Yes, and some original tracks. And I've got to say that when I started hearing Yes's Starship Trooper at the end, which isn't named Starship Trooper, it's named Heaven, I was like, wow, what is going on here? And it's really a stunning record. It it covers everything that Brad Maldow has done. He said in interviews that he was really into progressive rock when he was young. So it's like a half an hour of this album is progressive rock. And what can I say? This is this is the most unjazz jazz album, but it really shows Brad Meldow in all his variety. And as over the years he has covered different types of music, this time he really goes for things that are unexpected. Doug, what have you got? I thought I'd make it easy on myself this week and just pick a good old good one, uh, some good old comfort music that I really haven't listened to in a long time, but that I used to rave about. I do this from time to time. And I've decided to give Ooh La La by The Faces a listen. Uh, It's their last album. They made four records in this configuration. And by this configuration, I mean the one with Rod Stewart and Ron Wood uh, replacing Steve Marriott after The Small Faces became The Faces. I always confuse this album with the songs that are on A Nod Is As Good As A Wink To A Blind Horse. The the, the tempo and the, the, the style and the dynamics are about the same. I would say the songs on Ooh La La are maybe not as rockin' as A Nod Is As Good As A Wink because that's the one would stay with me on it and that kind of thing. This album has Ooh La La, which I hear a lot lately in commercials. I think it's been used in TV. 
Um, it's a great song. Ron Wood uh, wrote it and sings it. One of the things I wanted to say is that the original album, the the the, the paper album, had a, a a novelty to it. It has a uh, top hatted gentleman on the front, and the, the the album was constructed in such a way that when you push down on the top, his eyes and his mouth would move. Now they can't do that anymore, obviously, but it was one of the uh, interesting things that they used to do with album covers back in the day. Ooh La La by The Faces is my next track. This was episode number 232 of The Next Track. Thank you very much for listening. You can start or join a conversation in the comments section of this episode's show page at our website. You'll also find links to some of the things we talked about in the show notes for this episode. Just visit thenexttrack.com. You can follow us on Twitter at NextTrackCast. And don't forget to support The Next Track by making regular donations via Patreon. We're ad-free and we're self-sustaining. Your support is what keeps us going. Visit patreon.com slash thenexttrack. I'm Doug Adams, and for Kirk McElhern, thanks again. We'll talk to you next time.